Well, last week we were talking to Antarctic Mike, and this week you're going to be talking, you're going to be hearing from Antarctic Mike again. And his story was so amazing. I mean, listening to him talk about running back and forth 59 feet in a refrigerated box and then turning that into what he needed in order to become a marathoner in Antarctica. I think one of the keys there, and I love what his hockey coach told him, is that if you practice hard, then the game is easy. So he practiced. He used that as his motivation, which helped him to change the difficulty. So now it wasn't as hard. So that when he was actually running, remember how he was saying it was like, even though it took him seven hours, which is a long time for a marathon, it seemed like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. But there were a couple but, other things that he said, Stephanie, right? Well, I mean, he, honestly, here's the deal. He had a lot of cool stuff to say. If you want to catch what he already said, go get to the podcast from last week. Yeah. I mean, come exactly. on. We're not going to do the whole recap here for you. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but what I do love is what we're going to talk about this week because there's some key concepts here that are just absolutely phenomenal. And you know what I think, actually? Why don't we have our conversation after they get a chance to hear Antarctic Mike. So hang out, check this out with Antarctic Mike, finishing his conversation from last week, and then we're going to come back on and finish our conversation with you guys. Enjoy. But when I finished, here was my instinctive thought. Is that all there is? Seven hours in the marathon actually seemed more like seven minutes because I changed the definition of difficulty. And I was galvanized as to why I was doing this. I'm keeping that in my head the whole time, too. I mean, granted, the 100K got a little difficult in that the human body isn't designed to go that long that far, right? So it starts to break down. Your stomach starts to have problems. Your muscles are getting tired. I mean, after a while, it just, everything hurts. It hurt to stand. It hurt to sit. It hurt to walk. It hurt to run. It hurt to crawl. No matter what you did, it hurt. But you learn to become comfortable being uncomfortable. You change your definition of what comfortability or uncomfortability is, just like you change your definition of difficulty. And that's not possible if you're not really grounded on why you're doing this. And I think about salespeople, and I think about business owners, because I speak to hundreds of CEOs a year, business people, salespeople, and I say, listen, I understand that what you do is difficult. If it weren't difficult, everybody would be doing it. Obviously, it's very difficult to grow a company or to be effective in sales. But if you're not really galvanized and anchored as to why you want to do this, you won't do it. You will never pay the price. You will never be able to intentionally say, you know what, I'm going to make practice so much harder so the game goes easier. You won't be, you won't have the stamina if you're not really rooted in why do you want to do this. And I can tell you from experience as a frontline salesperson working for several companies, The answer is not, well, I'm doing this because I want to make more money. Mm -mm. Money is often the stated issue, rarely the real issue. And I'll stand on that soapbox and preach that message all day long. Mm -hmm. I can tell you as a salesperson, coming from a very successful sales background, I was never driven by making money, ever. It's not about money. It's about something else. And if you don't discover what that is, Everything from that point forward is going to be much more difficult and laborsome. And I think it's going to make your chances of being successful over the long run very difficult. All I keep thinking as I'm listening to you, Mike, is this is something I need to hear again and again and again. While our experience isn't like running 
running a, a marathon in Antarctica. I remember going for my black belt. My instructor approached me, and um, I, I was shocked that he even thought I should be in the running. I was in my late 40s. I was in my, like, late, late 40s. Like, I was – my 50th birthday was that year. Wow. Right. I had joined Taekwondo just to be with my kids, but I found a great deal of enjoyment in the sport. And I just remember there was one point where I thought, is this worth it? Is it worth it? And then there's a saying, and you've probably heard it, and it really lines up with what you're talking about, Mike. It's how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And there was one thing. It wasn't even that the black belt gave me prestige, even though it did. It wasn't that the black belt made me a different person, because it didn't. It was that I was determined that I was going to succeed. I was determined that I would never quit. If I quit, it was because I fell to the ground and I couldn't do anything more. And I remember, and that, that whole thing has taken me a lot through sales. It's uh, taken me a lot through, I just came back from a trip in Ireland, and people thought I was crazy to go there. I walked off the plane with one registration for workshops. Wow. Yeah, and I just, um, you know, I just spoke with one of my clients that's going to become a client as a result of following through. It is so important that we get into, we, we, I love how you say galvanize for what's really important because money's not enough. Money's not a, a strong enough motive. I don't think it's nope. a strong enough motive even for people who say it's a strong enough motive. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, it's funny because especially salespeople, especially successful ones, typically make a lot more money than average. That's the nature of the business. You, they'll say, well, I can't wait to get to the point where I can afford to buy the house on the beach, float around on the yacht, play golf every day. I'm thinking, you know what? You're only going to float around on the boat and play golf for so long. Maybe you yeah. want to do that for a week or a month just to blow off steam and relax and sleep in and watch Fred Flintstone for a while. I get that, okay, because you're tired. <laughs> but there's going to come a point in your life very soon thereafter where, you know what, you're going to say, what's my purpose? What am I really doing with my time? Okay, granted, I don't have to be out selling, doing whatever it is that I that I did to get to, to get to this point where I don't have I don't need to make any money. But you still need a purpose. Yeah. And your purpose isn't something that's quite frankly bigger and more important than yourself. You're going to be chasing the mirage for the rest of your life, and it's unfortunate that some people never understand that, and so they do chase a mirage literally till the day they die, and that's sad because mm. you can find things to chase after that are far more meaningful if you just, you know, when you go through the intersections of life, if you just pay attention, if you just listen to the people around you, you look at what's going on in the world and you say, you know what, I can make a difference. I think what people are really looking for instead of money is I think they're looking for meaning. You don't find it with a big bank account. And money comes and money goes, but let's be honest. You know, I, I was talking to somebody recently, and he said, Anna, I can't tell you how many times I've made a fortune and lost it, and made yeah. a fortune and lost it. And yet he's one of the most balanced, um, excited individuals, and, and for him, it's service. If you don't understand the power 
of getting through the challenge. And if you don't understand how to do that, like Mike is sharing, then you're, it, it's not that sales defeats you. It's everything defeats you. Yeah, well, you, you start to get into a rut, right? And you start to get into a, a – I always tell people momentum builds. Whichever way your momentum happens to be going, it's building. Either it's going up or it's going down. But one way or another, whatever you're doing, momentum is building and continuing and continuing and continuing. Now, one of the questions that kind of keeps coming back into my mind, you said reading this book, some of the lessons you saw them learning you could apply in business – what were some of the lessons you learned that jumped out the most, I guess, or still, or all this time later still stand out to you as like, oh my gosh, this is just genius. And why doesn't everybody, you know, taking this and applying this? Uh, there are a number of answers to that question. Um, I'll give you a couple here on our segment of this show. What happened was the crew that was trying to cross the continent, the story I read in question that I picked up in Bakersfield was a story about 28 men who sailed from England to Antarctica. And then the goal was to send a small group of the 28 men across the continent on foot. That was the event in question that had never been done. And so what happened was as the ship sailed south and it got very close to the Antarctic coastline, it got stuck in the ice about 20 miles short of the goal. So there's this photographic image because they took out about 150 pictures from this trip, if you can believe that. So one of the photographs in question, it's a picture of a ship that's totally stuck in the ice. I mean, it's a really, really impressive image. I mean, if you go to Google and you type in endurance expedition ship stuck and you click the images tab, you'll see it. I mean, it's a very famous picture. So it's stuck in the ice. And Shackleton, as the leader of this expedition, knew that there was no way they were going to try to free the ship. And so what he did was he actually told his people okay, let's stop trying to, because at one point they were trying to saw the ship free and poke it and prod it and break up the ice. The ice was like six meters thick. Okay, six meters is about 20 feet of solid ice. There's no way the ship's going to get out. And so what he did was he said, all right, guys, put the saws down. We're going to stop. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game. And, you know, you're thinking, well, what are they playing? They're playing a soccer game or a football game. You're like, why are they doing this? And the reason Shackleton had his men engage in this game was because he got them to focus on what they could control, not what they couldn't. The picture in question, the picture of guys playing soccer, and then there's a big goalpost, and just to the right of the goalpost is a ship that was their ship that was stuck in the ice. And what's interesting about the image is the goalpost in this picture separates the ship from the game. And that picture is an example of what people need to think about today. You've got to learn to separate things you can control from things you can't. And you think about salespeople. Think about how much time and mental hard drive space salespeople in particular spend on things they can't control. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about what about the competition? What about the economy? What about this? Listen. As good as you are, as hard as you try, you can't influence what your competitor is going to do. You can't control the economy. You can't control what the Pope, Trump, Obama, Hillary, the Queen, fill in the blank. You cannot control these circumstances around you. 
especially as a salesperson, you've got to make sure every minute of your day and every ounce of hard drive space in your mind is used for things you can control. And in sales, frankly, about the only thing you really can control is how many people you meet, how many good questions you ask, and how many problems you solve for people. That's really about all you can control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because what I sell today is a byproduct of what I did today, last week, last month, last year. And typically, if I meet enough people, and I solve enough problems, and I add enough value, I'll sell enough widgets or couches or dog chew toys or whatever it is that I, chemicals, right, whatever it is that I sell. Assuming that I have a viable product or service and I'm actually talking to people who actually need what I have. If I'm out there making a difference every day in these people's lives, whether they buy my stuff or not, I'll sell enough stuff over the long run. Let's put it this way. The probability is highly in my favor. Mm -hmm. And so salespeople have to really concentrate and make sure that every minute of their day and every ounce of their hard drive space in their mind is only focused on things they can control not the things they can't control. I think that's that's brilliant. And I, I would just love for our listeners to just rewind and listen to that one again because I can't tell you how many times. And the problem is the more you focus on those things you can't control and they're not going the way you want them to, it's amazing how many more of those things keep popping up. And that's <laughs> mind-boggling. And they're like, well, you know, no one's buying. I'm like, well, how many people have you spoken to? Five. Okay, well, now exactly. you're focusing on all these people not buying. The next 20 people you talk to aren't going to want to buy either. You're absolutely right. So I just that's a that's a little hobby horse of mine right there, I guess. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've been doing that. I've been writing comments, and, I mean, there's just there's enough stuff here that, oh, gosh. I just think that for our listeners, you need to listen to this over and over and over and over. And whether you're in sales business, send this to a spouse that's struggling at work. Send this to somebody that really needs encouragement because this is not just a sales conversation. This is an evergreen, ever more great motivation. I can see why you get hired to go talk to people, Mike. I'm just like, let's hire him. <laughs> well, quite honestly, there is um, there is so much material in these stories And I'm just pulling one example from one story. I mean, there are dozens of stories that have dozens of lessons. This Mm -hmm. is why I read books on the subject. And I've read probably more than 100 books, history books, memoirs, all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. on these expeditions to dig for the details in the story. And I've written three books on the subject now, and it's it's become my life, you know, to go out and talk about these things. Because Mm -hmm. they're very important. And this just this just doesn't apply to salespeople. This mm-hmm. applies to leaders. You see, my background is as a headhunter, so I spent 20 years helping people to find good people. The bigger and more expensive problem a business owner faces is not finding people. It's keeping them. Keeping them. Yeah. When I say keeping them, what I mean is making sure the person in the chair in question who's playing the role, whether it's service person, salesperson, operations person, it doesn't matter – making sure that every team member is fully engaged on a consistent basis. Statistically Mm -hmm. speaking, that number is about 30% on a good day, 30%. That's terrible. And quite frankly, that's our fault. 
And so one of the things that these stories are full of lessons in is really getting leaders to focus on things they can control that make a difference in the life of the employee. Because if you're going to lead people effectively, you've got to concentrate on the things that are going to help that person and that person and that person in question be really engaged. Mm-hmm. And again, we could, our show could go till midnight. We could yeah. bring up story after story after story. We could bring all these lessons to the table and apply them either to salespeople who are out selling things every day, sales managers who lead salespeople or general managers, vice presidents to lead operations teams, finance teams, administrative teams, and the list just goes on and on and on. That's why I chose to go to Antarctica. Now you can see why I really wanted to get down there and understand what was the struggle like, because I want to relate to these people somehow. I mean, I realized what I did was difficult, but it's nothing comparison to what they did a hundred years ago, but at least it's a small, it's a small sample of it. Let's put it that way. And so because the stories in question are loaded with lessons for soccer moms, second graders, frontline employees, because one of the things I tell business owners is, yeah, not everybody on your team is called to be a leader, but every person on your team is called to lead. Every day, every employee, every soccer mom, every second grader has to be a leader. Think about second graders. Think about the situations these kids are facing as we speak on this interview, the choices they have to make, the things they have to say yes to, the things they have to say no to, these are difficult decisions for these kids to stand up for what's right. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to have the characteristics of a leader. And that's why these lessons don't just apply to salespeople or business people or business owners. They apply to any and all people out there. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter what your role is. It doesn't matter what your profession is, your pay grade, your tenure level. It doesn't matter. Well, I feel like our listeners, I feel like you have a lot more to cover. I think you're, you're not <laughs> lying when you say we could go till midnight here. And you're two hours behind us, so that would be two in the morning our time. <laughs> so what I would like to do, though, I know we are, we're a little bit over here on time, so I would love if you could share some way for our listeners, if they have questions, they want to get in touch with you, they they want to listen to you more, is there some way they can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can go to, um, I mean, my website's real easy, just antarcticmike.com. You can Google me. You can go on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm kind of a social media junkie. You can find me on all these sites. Um, I'll be more than happy to take your phone call. I'll answer questions. I'll do anything I can to help you uh, right. related to this matter. Awesome. Well, hey, guys. I would love to say you heard it here first, but I feel like uh, probably probably maybe you heard it here first. But now you have the chance to jump in and continue learning because learning is a continual. It is an everlasting, never-ending job for every single one of us. The day you stop learning is the day you start dying. I know that's cliche, but it is so true. I want to thank you, Mike, for taking time out of your day. I know you have a lot going on, so thank you for joining us today for this. Well, you're welcome, Anna and Stephanie, and thanks for having me as your guest, and I I'll do it anytime. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, so for our listeners out there, I don't really have much more to add to that. This was an awesome episode. (laughs) And go out there. Look, whatever target you're aiming for, whatever you're working towards for your life, for your future, just start focusing on smashing that target. You got this. Go out there and make it a great month. I'm Stephanie here for Anna, encouraging you to go out there and be a black belt of sales. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and here's the thing, Stephanie. One of the things that he talked about is that money, 
money is not a real motivator. And so many times people think, well, if I just offer a big enough package or if I entice people with money that they're going to want to move forward with me. Whether or if it's I drop sales. the price or if I, if I mess with the financial side, exactly. I'll get deals. Exactly. But the thing is, is there's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something deeper that is keeping you involved in your business because mm-hmm. money alone, money comes and money goes. I mean, we're both in business and anybody that's listening to this knows that there are times when there's a lot of money in the bank and then there can be times when it's pretty scary. So money alone is not going to be enough to motivate you through the challenges. Yep. And Mike talks about that. Mike talked about it in uh, in the interview that we had with him. Now, the thing is, is in order to make a difference, you have to have meaning. Mm-hmm. Or, or meaning, here, here's, it's, I think it's better said this way, Stephanie. What gives you meaning is what difference are you going to make in the world? Mm. You're not in business just to make money. If yeah. you are, well, then you're not in business for the right reasons because money's not going to take you where you need to go. You need to be in business. What difference are you making in the world? Yeah. And I love the story how he tells, especially about Shackleton, who mm-hmm. was the captain of that ship that inspired him to go down to Antarctica. Yeah, I love the story of Shackleton. And the story, honestly, the story of Shackleton, what speaks to me most about this one is the whole control thing. So I'm kind of a control freak. I mean, I know this is hard to believe. Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of a control freak. So it was a really good reminder to me because the thing is, I mean, the truth is you can't control everything is, you know, but there are sales trainers out there who expose that sales is about control. And so I do want to, you know, touch on that one because first of all, sales is not about control. And as much of a control freak as I am, I am not a control freak when it comes to that because you can't, you can twist people's arms into buying from you, but you're not going to keep the deal down the road. You will lose it every single time. I have seen it time and time and time again. So for me, that was a, that was a really good reminder. But then the other thing he said that, you know, kind of reiterated what I've kind of come to live with, but hadn't really put into words was control what you can basically, but but understand stuff's going to happen that's outside of your control and it's how you respond, how you handle it that makes a difference. That was really, that's really what I remember the most of all that. That was like, oh, oops, okay, my bad. Got to work on that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, remember back to when he was talking about Shackleton. Shackleton was a leader. And if we're in business, we're in sales, we are leaders. Yeah. Our goal is to, one of our goals, I should say, is that we should be enjoying our journey. So when we're trying to control the uncontrollable, what happens is, is we get focused on what we can't do and we make ourselves a victim. Yeah. And when you're a victim, you can't do business. Uh-huh. I, I actually Life sucks when you, uh, when you live in that victim mentality. I mean, we could just talk about that for a minute. Like how many people do you know that everybody hates me, the world does hate me, I'm going to go eat worms. Like come on. Well, you can't do anything. You have to realize that as a victim, you can't serve the people who are dependent on mm-hmm. you yeah. for business, for your solutions. I actually had that experience this week where after I had gone to a company that I needed to do some negotiating with Stephanie, what ended up happening was after we were able to come to a wonderful agreement, I realized I had been playing the victim. But when I realized that there were things I could control, I couldn't control the response of my customer, but what I could control was how I approached the customer. What ended up happening 
was now I'm able to serve the people dependent on me, but I'm also better able to serve the customer because when I looked at it from their perspective, I wasn't serving them the way they needed to be served. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the whole point of this is that when you recognize what you can control and you work on that, but then you surrender when you find you can't control, you are no longer a victim of your customer, of the economy, of anything. Don't be a victim. Be strong. Be proactive. Recognize what you can control. There's that prayer that says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And here's the kicker. Wisdom. Oh, I thought it was wine. Um, Wisdom to know the difference. (laughs) So if there's anything we can leave you with, first of all, Antarctic Mike, he left his his information. You can reach out to Mike for your business or you could actually reach out to me and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash five bell selling. Can you tell we've done this a few times? Just a few times. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. Go join us in the group. Look, we have some awesome, cool content posted in there. We get you links to all of our speakers and guests. Plus yep. there's us. I mean, come on. Like, here's the thing. We believe you can learn, and that's the point of black belt selling, is you can learn skills in every piece of your life. You can learn skills for sales. You can learn skills for business if you just learn to look around you and look at the lessons you're learning. So go back through this and and, and pick up what lessons worked for you. Join us in the Facebook group and share it with us. Let us know what your thoughts are on today's episode and how it impacted and affected you. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Stephanie, here with Anna. We are the Black Belt Sellers of Southwest and Central Texas, bidding you to go make it a great life.